Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. You're about to listen to a Women in Tech Remix episode, where we present to you a curated selection of impactful clips from previous episodes that you may have missed. And be sure to follow the links in the show notes to listen to the full episodes. Three, two, one. My name is Esprit Devora, host of the Women in Tech show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create the Women in Tech show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. Hi, I'm Helena Ronis, co-founder and CEO of All Factors, the most insightful web marketing analytics software. I'm based in Santa Clara, California. Yeah, the on-page engagement increases when you can have a visitor engage with your page longer. Uh, And audio can do that, audio and video. But then you also have the world of the podcasting apps. So you have Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, there's so many. And when you're able to distribute audio to those podcasts, you immediately open a new channel to millions of new users. Uh, listeners. Of course, you need to do a good podcast. You can also run ads. You don't have to have your own podcast. But the um, ability to distribute your content into audio does create that immediate audience. Even if it's just a few hundreds, it's better than zero. And having that presence opens that new channel. So that's the other benefit of audio, converting blog posts into audio. And that's what that initial product did. And so what we realized is that Although it's a great solution, the market is quite small for that because converting your blog posts into audio is not the same as creating a podcast, uh, creating that interview-style podcast, that engaging experience. That we're currently experiencing. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, so meta. Um, And although we have amazing customers that are using uh, Vox Snap for their blog posts. We're not growing in the triple, triple, double, 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 right? And that's a problem, especially for an ambitious founder. And so what I realized is that we actually, we needed to solve two problems. The first problem, it was the growth. But then if you don't grow as a startup, you have a few options. You can stop working on the startup and go do something else. Usually finding a job or joining a different startup. And that's probably the option if you just stop working on it. Uh, You can continue working on it, but that's kind of why. (laughs) If you're not growing and not really making money, you're just wasting your time. It's a hobby. Or you can find if there is a better opportunity that you are uncovering with that initial execution that you can capitalize on. And that's what we realized. Uh, we realized that there was a very painful problem, pain point, as they say, that we came across that we would never come across, by the way, if we didn't do that 
startup. And that was, we have an embeddable player on the webpage and we can tell you how it's being engaged with, how many clicks, how many listens. But let's say if 10% listens and 90% reads, but we don't know the readership percentage, well, that's that's not very useful. I mean, useful to some extent, but not to the actual uh, bigger percentage. And so then we started digging in the analytics tools that are, you know, the, the ones that everyone uses, Google Analytics being the first one. And we realized how difficult it is to measure those basic things, even things like button clicks across your website, form submissions, even media plays. Let's say it's not the audio. Let's say it's a video. All of those things need to be manually configured by a JavaScript developer (laughs) that needs to know what they're doing uh, specifically for that uh, purpose of configuring analytics. And if you update your website, and by the way, that's very costly, obviously, because you need to hire a JavaScript developer. But then once you update your website, you need to do it again. And it's so frustrating. And when we looked at the analytics tools, like we couldn't find one that does it automatically. And we said, okay, well, this is a hairy problem. Uh, Of course, we were in a good position of having customers who are marketers. So we were able to ask them about that and confirm that it's a pain point for them as well. But then I went one step forward and I ended up doing 56 customer discovery interviews with marketers, with people who basically want to grow their site traffic and understand their data, which can, by the way, be a founder. Like I'm, I'm a founder who's doing marketing. If it's a small startup, it's going to be the founder. We heard the same problem every time. Google Analytics is frustrating. I don't want to waste my engineering time on it. I'm kind of stuck. There's nothing better that's easy. There is um, Adobe Analytics, which is very expensive, and obviously they cater to big companies. It's not for small business. But then also it's the same problem. Even when you uh, do have the budget for it, you still need to allocate engineering time for configuration. Hi, my name is Nikki Bean, and I'm the head of community at Decent. Decent enables artists of every industry to build on-chain through open tools that meet each creator where they're at on their Web3 journey. I'm based in Denver, Colorado. Well, right now, we're just, we just released a protocol, so we're more focused on targeting the artists that are actually in the space. Um, but there's a lot of, you know, again, we have this modular protocol with a whole bunch of different smart contract modules that offer different utility. And so that whole sentence alone is confusing to a lot of people. And so really just breaking it down like bit by bit, like I was literally just telling Will, um, our co-CEO today, I was like, we're making content that just, I have to assume that a third grader is reading this because like just breaking it down as small as possible because there's just so many terms that are just so hard to digest just by themselves, let alone string them in a sentence. And so um, we're really focusing on, and you know, right now is just breaking down these modules as, um, you know, as clearly as we can in terms of, you know, what this can do for you, for your career, why would you want to use it? You know, how does this help you build your community and really breaking that down into, you know, the why and making those connections for the artists when it comes to the, uh, the tools within the decent protocol. Um, And then kind of going outwards in terms of, like to the non web three native people in terms of just like making the space as a whole digestible. It's really just about, you know, meeting people where they're at first and foremost, um, I think has been my biggest learning lesson in being web three as a whole. 
you know, just seeing where they're at in terms of, you know, how much do you know about the blockchain? How much do you know about Web3 technology? You know, what are some of the myths and misconceptions that you have? Or, you know, what, what's, what are your barriers to entry and like your blockers to wanting to learn more and knowing about this space? And normally it's, you know, again, the environment, they think it's all just bored apes and, you know, crypto punks, you know, all of like just the main misconceptions. And so it's really just like breaking down at least some of those blockers to where they're at least like, okay, you know, maybe I'll like look into this more and not bombarding them with information. Because again, this can be so hard to digest and just accepting that you're wrong is something very hard to digest. So, you know, like just giving them the space to like really like let the information sit and then be like, all right, let's go again. So what else can I help you learn today? And just again, in the third grader kind of mentality of, okay, this is the sentence. Okay. Are you a little bit confused on some of these words and what they mean? All right, let me help you. And it's really breaking it down as much as possible. Yeah. I think that um, the biggest thing that I notice is people, even people in the space, I, even artists in the space who are releasing collections are still like very focused on collections. And I'm over here like, I want to more so figure out how to release music that has utility in it that gives backstage passes and like gives, you know, you know, you get this and then you get access to this later because you minted this token um, from my from my music, like, you know, showing people that there's like practical, there's, there's a practical use for this. Um I mean, most people don't realize that there's yet yet that there's practical uses. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's so wild because like I'm um I mean I'm an avid just music collector too. Like I have a whole wall full of uh, vinyl records. I have like 20 CDs in my car. Like I love collecting. You music got CDs for the sake in your car still? Music. And so, oh yeah, I do. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I do. I love. I love CDs. I can get as analog as it gets sometimes, um, which I think keeps me sane in a world where we're just constantly on the screens all the time. But um, so just I can understand the wanting to collect just for the sake of collecting um, you know there's plenty of songs that I've collected that not because of the utility but because I you know believe in the artist believe in the music believe in you know whatever you know like but it wasn't for the utility but I think that now you know as you mentioned there's a lot more things that they can do that really allows you to connect with not just the artist but um, you know, from coming from a collector point, like there's a lot more things that I can do as a collector that doesn't just connect me to the artist, but connects me to the other people in that artist community. It's not just segmented. And so, you know, whether it's like, you know, uh, royalty um, sharing where, you know, me and some other street, like some other collectors, like we gain value off of streaming this artist or, you know, promoting them so that they'll get higher streams so that we get more revenue, like sharing in a like common goal or like, gosh, just so many other ways that the communities can get connected and get together. Like, that's so cool. And that's just going to continue to build out an ecosystem that, you know, includes the ones that you just buy just because you like the art and then the ones that contribute to the community and the ones that just are like an actual application. Like, there's just, it's just going to be a constant growing ecosystem that makes space for all of these different types of releases that I think is just so cool. Hello, this is Artemis Tiga from citywalks.live. I'm the co-creator. I come from Athens, Greece. I feel that imposter syndrome. I'm still not 100% over it. 
Yeah, me too. (laughs) All the time. (laughs) (laughs) But I think I'm in a good, uh, good point. Because in the beginning, I felt like I tricked the employee somehow, like I tricked people in the interview to hire me. Right. But that was a lie, actually, because I did the work and everything was fine. I changed job in the pandemic, like my second job uh, during the pandemic. Yeah. And this is still something that I haven't completely overcome. Like when the the job is so loading and there are still things that I don't know and I have to learn. Right. I'm like, oh, am I enough? Am I the right person for this job? Totally. It's like so stressful sometimes. It it can be stressful. Yeah. But then I I read about the the issue that I have to solve and I understand it and I solve it. And I complete the task. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I'm the person for the job. Yeah, 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 totally. <laughs> I, I can do it. <laughs> it. It's funny because for women as a culture, we feel like we need to know how to do everything first in order to feel confident in doing it. And as a culture, men just like, yep, I'll figure it out. And they just say yes to everything. But as a culture, just a stereotype. So it's interesting that, you know, you went through it. You're like, oh, I could do it. Okay, good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's like, because I'm still a junior developer I don't have mm-hmm. that much experience yet I have trained myself to take credit for the small victories because right. small victories brings you to a bigger victory yeah so like all the tasks that I daily complete and yeah. many, many of them like I haven't seen before because I trained myself like I know HTML, CSS, yeah. JavaScript but These are not only the skills that I have to overcome. I have to use tools that I haven't used before. Some problems that I haven't think about before may come up. But yeah, I think the mindset is really important. Like we have to train ourselves to have the mindset that we can do it and we can overcome the obstacles that that appear in our way. I think this, this is very important. I think that... As for women, because I see that in other women as well, that we have to do everything and we have to be perfect at everything. Mm-hmm. And maybe men don't have it that much. It's not that they also have it, but I think they're dealing better with it sometimes. The Women in Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Corey Jennings. Production and voiceover by Adam Carroll. And music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The Women in Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.